Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. You have joined Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. My name is Mike Cisneros, and we welcome you to yet another edition, our second episode of our second season. Uh, and t- joining me once again today, as always, is the, from the gnarlygnome.com, the man himself, the gnarly gnome. Please welcome. Thank you. Good to be back. Cheers. The man who is synonymous with anonymous, the man who is from anywhere and nowhere at the same time. And I am doing like monkey cam with the Periscope today. I'm just holding my phone. Hopefully everybody enjoys it. Hopefully I don't make everybody seasick. And we are inside. You can see the beautiful palatial digs that we are in today at Urban Artifact Brewing Company in Northside. And joining us today are two of the founders and main men. First of all, here's Brett Coleman-Baker from Urban Artifact. Brett, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. And, and Scotty Hunter, welcome to Cincy Brewcast. I think your first time that you will have been on the program. Is that correct? That's correct, Mike. First time. And, of course, selfie time. It's me. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to show you, no. But anyway, uh, guys, uh, first of all, it's it's kind of a recurring theme, and I'm going to keep it going. Uh, spoke to Kevin Moreland at uh, Taft Ale House this morning. Spoke to all the guys at Braxton last week. Taft's is doing their first anniversary today. Braxton last week. You guys in two weeks' time. And I'm going to say to you what I said to those guys, and that is congratulations on just a phenomenal first year. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh I can't believe it's been a year already. I discussed with those guys, too, uh, both of them. Uh, there was uh, lists that came out from uh, Cincinnati Magazine and City Beat and several other uh, publications that rate you guys, Tafts, Braxton, right up there among the best new bars, the best new places to drink in the city. And then, as I said, mentioned to Kevin this morning, you guys also made the list, a short list of six of the best, coolest craft beer places in what used to be churches. And you, you of course, joined the church brewery in uh, Pittsburgh and a couple other really cool places, too. So congratulations on that. So it's got to be gratifying to have some recognition come in for you guys uh, in just your first year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an honor to be um, recognized by City Beat and the people that live here, but also, you know, you're mentioning that craftbeer.com article to get some national attention for Cincinnati, not just us, but us and Taft's. Um, that, that helps kind of make Cincinnati that beer destination that I think everybody in the area wants it to be. We talked to you guys, I especially talked to you, Brett and Josh, last year uh, right up against your opening. I mean, I think it might have even been this week last year Mm -hmm. and then you guys had a few more weeks to go before you actually uh, came online but uh, just tell us what it's been at some of the ups some of the downs some of the things that you're surprised with some of the things that you're happy with some of the things you wish you'd have been able to do better Um, give me give us some idea of what of of what you know of what kind of year it's been for you guys well from a brewing standpoint I mean the biggest down has probably been multiple batches that we've had to dump but you know on the on the flip side that's also a a nice up because we're dumping things that don't meet our standards and um, we're continuing to see better and better beer come out of our brew house and that's what really gets me excited is getting those efficiencies inching up higher and higher and um, and just making the best beer that we can possibly make Uh, we also got a lot of fun stuff in barrels that's finally starting to come to fruition so 
I, speaking for myself and uh, Josh over there, I know he's really excited about some of that barrel stuff we have going. And it's been taking a little while longer than we thought, but using all those wild-caught local cultures, it's, uh, it takes a little longer. Anything you'd like to divulge as far as the, uh, the stuff that's in the barrels or anything that's, uh, you know, uh, that you can share with us? I know you guys like to play it close to the vest sometimes. We divulged a little something this morning on their blog that uh, I think is pretty interesting which I'd love for you guys to talk about a little bit. It's a neat idea that I've never seen a brewery do. Yeah, so, um, I mean, in addition to Thoroughbred coming back this year, which is our uh, bourbon barrel-aged Imperial <laughs> Kentucky Common, uh, aged with Brett. Um, it's a mouthful. Is, it is a mouthful, but it's a delicious beer. Uh, in addition to that coming out, we also have, uh, as Don mentioned, um, our anniversary beer this first year coming out, which will be a Solera beer. So we took this barrel that um, we were semi-excited about, thought it'd make some pretty good sour beer. We threw a bunch of um, this reddish colored beer into it and uh, it really started turning into something great and so we want to keep that going year over year as our anniversary beer. So with a Solera, you never really empty the barrel. You always just take a little bit more out each time yeah. and then you fill it back up with fresh wort. So you always have beer from that first time you filled it up that continues to be in the barrel. Now, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller each time, the percentage, but you always have a little bit of that first beer in the beer. So it's really of a, a kind of fun, romantic way for us to carry that first beer through all the years. And, and where, does that, where, does that, uh, where does that technique come from, or what is the, what is the origin of it? Or? It's, it's used a lot in, like, basalmic vinegar production. Oh, um, I see. Port and sherry production as well. Uh, it actually means on the ground, and... You basically, like in old school Solera production methods, you build like this big pyramid, uh, and then each year you kind of fill the barrel below it, and then you pull from that bottom barrel to actually bottle. Right. Um, so that's why it's on, on the ground. Is Sweet. That, that bottom one's a good one. That, that's really cool. That's excellent. Um, anything else? Any stuff that you guys did that you were surprised at, that you thought people wouldn't like that they did like or or the something that that would that was you thought would go over and and really didn't or uh, yeah how much time do we have <laughs> uh, no i think the biggest thing was kind of just the reception to our gozas um we started off thinking that we were going to do just a traditional straight uh goza and we modeled it after westbrooks and the success that that had um, we were really a big fan from that and uh it, it just really didn't uh take off as well as right. we thought it would yeah. but uh as soon as we added some key limes to it uh we got key punch and then it really took off so um we kind of learned what uh what people really we knew people were wanting the types of beers that we wanted to make it was just tweaking them and kind of refining them and it really that uh the fruit edition really uh gets people going is that something you guys are finding and is that something a lot of the brewers are finding is that if it's going to be Goza, it's kind of got to have some kind of flavor to it. Well, the, the beauty of the fruit is it, it gives the consumer uh, an area that they can relate to easily, flavor-wise. So you have this beer that's sour and salty and wheat and coriander, and, like, these are flavors people don't normally have in beer. So you try all these new experiences, and it can be overwhelming. But if you have, like, the key lime in there or the cherries or the raspberries or whatever the case may be, then that allows the drinker to at least be like, I recognize that flavor. All these other flavors really work and make sense to me now, and, and it just tastes that much better. Um, and so that's kind of our hypothesis, at least. 
How about the space, guys? Where do you guys stand on the – of course, here's a little kind of overview. There's the performance area over there, a nice big stage, probably, what, about 50 seats in there. And, of course, there's the bar. Uh, if you haven't been here, you definitely need to come by and check out the bar. And, again, as I said uh, when, we, when, you know, when we first came here and when, we start, when I started coming here, I really like it because it's, it, it's like a home to me. I spent my, a lot of my – youth in Catholic churches like this with the bricks like this and you've, you've taken some of the uh, wood floor from the gym uh, from the basketball floor and kind of put it behind the bar. It's just a really cool space. So you've got this. This is pretty much complete and then there's there were plans for other things that you guys were going to do upstairs and so forth and just wondering where, that, where you guys stand on that. Yeah, so I mean downstairs it is essentially complete as far as it operates day to day. We're going to continue to develop it and refine it. Um, and then upstairs is phase two of the project. Um, so right now, we haven't done any renovations on that space. Um, it, it's, it's still down the line. Um, but we have been developing the beer garden because while we knew um, we'd be able to use, utilize it and be a great asset, we didn't have any like immediate plans to furnish it. So. You know, we just built a fire pit this past weekend. We had we had one. Um, we built a much nicer one. And, uh, we had a fire hole. It wasn't a pit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with that, we're going to continue to add more seating and just kind of revamp that uh, or just kind of build out that area, so to speak, just because it was. We it are was using the upstairs for events and wedding receptions and parties and, and private things like that currently. So, like, if you are interested in it, you know, we rent it out and people come in and we had some beautiful weddings this winter up there in the fall, um, and we do some shows up there uh, as well occasionally. So it's, it's being used, just nothing's been done to it. I see, I see. And then you guys made some big news uh, a few weeks ago with kind of announcing what your food uh, – is that, isn't that right? With your food uh, provider, your vendor, whoever it was that was going to move into your the rec what used to be the rectory? Am I wrong? I thought I saw something. Gnome? Um, bail me out. <laughs> my, my notes say that there is a um, a Gilpin's mini franchise coming in. Um, yeah, it, it's it's on the horizon. Um, it's just it didn't come out as intended. Uh, it, so I don't know that I want to dive into it too much, where there's going to be more coming out in the very near future. Um, there was some eavesdropping going on, but... Um, so we pumped the brakes a little bit, but it's still moving on as, as planned. So, yes, we, something will be coming with Gilpins, but we haven't said much else yet. Yeah, so, you know, if you just pay attention to uh, the Facebook Absolutely. page yeah. for, the, uh, for our first anniversary party, we've been updating everything that's kind of rolling out around that time frame. Um, like we just posted the bit about the Solera today along with, uh, you know, what I think is going to be a really, really fantastic beer list. Um, so that's where we'll kind of continue to update people. Tell you what, we'll take a quick break. We'll take our first break. We got about another half an hour with these guys, so we got plenty of time to get into it. And what we'll do is we'll get into that uh, with Scotty and with with Brett about uh, the the first anniversary celebration since we're ahead of, since we're ahead of that by a couple of weeks. So uh, we'll be right back here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. 
You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8-Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Kamel Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Permissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Back, back here with uh, Scotty Hunter and Brett Breaker from Urban Artifact Brewing in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Northside. And uh, you guys got to be happy with the way the community here in Northside has accepted you guys, and you've become a part of the community. And and it's 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 got to be really gratifying to you because I know it was important to you guys when you started that you know the community that you wanted to become a big part of the community. Absolutely, it feels great. Um, like any community, you know, they're always wary at first of, of newcomers and outsiders, but, you know, we've been here a year now, and it's really great to see Northside um, really adopt us uh, as a company and as a brewery and as a community space. It's, it's really fantastic. Yeah, and I was going to say, Brett could probably talk to it a little bit better, but we're doing some really fun stuff with our uh, little bit of green space that we have back uh, adjacent to the brewery with uh, Groundworks, one of the local nonprofits that actually rents some office space in the uh, rectory building that we own on our parcel. Oh yeah, they're they're putting in a tree nursery in the back. So, um, one of their big initiatives is the uh, the little uh, Mill Creek pathway. Uh-huh. They want to get a whole bunch of fruiting uh, trees all all up and down it. You know, cherries and apples and pears and all that good stuff. Because that way people can eat something when they're out. You know, enjoying a nice day. So they're getting a little tree nursery going out back. So it'll be a lot of fun. We got some bees going in from Queen City Bee Company, and they're uh, just down on Poland Street, which is a couple blocks from here. Uh, so a lot of fun stuff going on. And then something tells me that uh, once those trees start fruiting and those bees start honeying, there will be beers that will be made with that, there with those with those ingredients right here at Urban Artifact. There will be beers with significant portion of honey coming out of here with that honey. There may or may not be burnt honey going on as well. So we'll leave it at that. But it, <laughs> it sounds like it might not be good, but it is really fantastic. May or may not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and I was going to say, I mean, we planted uh, <coughs> six cherry trees out front. They kind of line the front pathway coming up to our space uh, last year. So now you can kind of see they're actually starting to grow in. They're budding for the first time this spring, and they're still a couple years off. But uh, that will just kind of add to that. And whoever broke one in half last year, I will find you. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's no good. No. Uh, what variety? I mean, you guys, just real quick. I mean, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a horticulturalist or – biologist or anything but it's montmorency which okay. is sour cherry right right and that'll be perfect i mean that'll be perfect when you you can do all kinds of stuff with as as we've seen from mad tree and 
you know, Listerman and everybody else that, you know, you, you can do a lot of stuff with those kinds of, uh, with those kinds of fruits. Let's talk about the first anniversary. First of all, I have to apologize. We wanted to do something with you guys that day. Uh, we wanted to come over and do a show and, and so forth. And unfortunately, my schedule won't allow me to do that. Uh, but tell us about what, tell us about what's going on, what's happening, the, all the particulars, the hours, the, the, you know, the times. I'm sure you guys, with your Dominic, uh, Dominic Marino and your music program here, you'll have a just a bunch of bands, a bunch of wild bands and stuff. So just tell us about all of, all of everything that's going to go on at the, uh, at, at, at the first anniversary party. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you want to start it off, Scott? Yeah, so uh, it, it, we're having normal hours uh, as far as we'll open at noon. Um, the, big, the big difference is we'll have music going on all day. So starting at uh, 1 p.m., we have bands lined up, and they're going to go until 1.30 a.m. Um, it's a total of, I believe, seven different bands, um, ranging from folk to indie rock and everything else in between. Um, basically, once we kind of announced what was happening, we had bands reaching out to us saying, hey, can we get on this bill? We'd love to help you celebrate. So it's a, it's a really, really, really fantastic show uh, lined up from the live performance side of things. Yeah, from a, from a beer standpoint, we are, uh, we're going to have a couple of guest taps. Um, so we got a special bourbon barrel-aged lift coming from Mad Tree. Uh, we got a beer coming from Eight Ball. We got something from Blank Slate in the works. Um, and we got one other from um, Jackie O's. Jackie O's. Sorry, Brad, if you're listening. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I was too busy collaborating. <laughs> uh, and then we may or may not have one one other guest one coming too. Um, and then we also got a special collaboration that we're working on with um, Fibonacci up there in Mount Healthy right now. So you'll see something coming with that. Uh, and then we also are pulling some stuff out of our cellar as well. So we'll have a vintage Hippodrome. We'll have a... I love that stuff, by the way. Oh, thanks. That Hippodrome is awesome. Yeah, uh, we're actually getting ready to blue brew that in like two weeks uh, for mid-June-ish release. Um, but we'll be busting out a vintage version of that. we got a vintage Thoroughbred. Uh, we're saving some Batch 1 Phrenology, uh, which is starting to get real funky from all that Brett. That'll be coming out. Uh, and we have the re-release of Key Punch and um, Palmistry, which is our next Urban Legend Series beer, which is pineapple, orange, guava, Wow! Double Berliner. So we got a lot of fun stuff coming. Um, a- absolutely. And then what are the what are the times and all that stuff? And what you know, starting what time you starting? And so the late first, in a late night, I'm sure. First beers will be tapped at noon, so that would be the Stein beer, which I didn't, which I forgot to mention, uh, which was the beer we made back in October using granite rocks where we heated them up uh, and basically boiled the wort like that. And then um, the second one will be our anniversary beer, which is Perpetuum, which is that Solera aged sour. So that'll be our first traditional sour that we've made. Will be coming out then. So that goes on. Those both go on at noon, and those will be Stein Club members only until four. And then at four, uh, assuming there's some left of that anniversary beer, will be go to the public then. Uh, and then everything else will be staggered. So every hour we'll be tapping more beers, more of the special ones. That is. Anything packaged, bottled? Uh, anything that you guys? Uh, we're planning on that end, or I know some of the places did bottle, some places don't. It just depends. Uh, we won't have any of our bottles for then. Okay. No, right. and, and it's just more of uh, things being ready from the barrel. So that's that's when our uh, for what that's when our entrance will be uh, into packaging. So sometime here in 2016, but until we really have a uh, date set, uh, you know, we we don't have any details, so to speak. When you guys started, what, you know, what did you, what, were there any, 
preconceived notions or any misconceptions you guys had? And then how have those changed? What has changed in the last year? What have you learned uh, maybe that you didn't know? Uh, what would you tell? Maybe a you little know, bit s- about brewery tours. Yeah. Bus yeah. tours. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's an interesting dynamic there, as as we are all witness to. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, we we had grand ideas coming into things. I think one of the biggest things was um, the power of package. We never really realized uh, until we've been open for a while. Um, that being, you know, not having bottles or cans um, straight from the get go has has been an interesting challenge that. I, for one, didn't foresee or expect, uh, but it's a, it's a good one, and it's allowed us to really focus on our draft accounts and those relationships. Other so, than, sorry, I don't. I, you know, I, I kind of want to go on that a little bit and sure. try to see how do you think that has changed. Um, I, I don't know the perception of what you guys are. Or how, how has that changed the the what you guys would be if you had had packaging off the get go versus not having it? What what. What is that difference, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's huge, and actually the way it worked out has been better overall. So uh, there's a stat that was just released by um, the Brewers Association that 30% of craft beer is still sold in drafts. So that means 70% is packaged. I mean, that's a huge, huge breakout. Um, so with that, we really, being draft only, not committing to any design, any packaged materials, things like that, we could really be flexible and kind of feel our way through our first year and really set that lineup. I mean, we've tried a few different things and some things worked out better than others. Um, and we kind of talked about that earlier, but it really allowed us to get a feel for, you know, what, what we were good at and what people wanted and what people were receptive to instead of kind of feeling set to push something, maybe if it wasn't working because we already had the packaging there. Right. You know, it's a bigger, bigger pill to swallow, so to speak, um, if you already make that commitment. Does... And let me ask you this. You mentioned earlier, so I'm not, you know, opening any wounds, but you've talked about putting a lot of beer down the drain, a lot of stuff down the drain that didn't meet with your expectations or your quality and so forth. Shout um, out to all the fallen maze of the world. Yeah. <laughs> pour one out for the homies that are no longer with us. Uh, but um, because you were not packaging, did you feel uh, – you know, did you feel like there was less pressure on you that you could that you could, you know, lose a batch here and there? Uh, whereas maybe in, if you had packaging, you, you know, you would feel bound to get that get that beer out in some way, shape, or form. I mean, in other words, is there, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not sure even even if there's a question in there, but well, it depends on when you catch it too. So like for us, we. we like the beers that we have dumped, we've caught them before they've gone into kegs. So if something went into kegs, that would be a huge pain to have, then have to dump it and clean all those kegs and just mess with that whole thing. But, um, I mean, if we were in package, like Scotty was saying, like you do up the whole design and you set the all the stats on the beer and what you, the tasting notes and everything for that package, and then to have it change, like keep it maze as the example, that beer has changed so much over this first year um, like if we had to be, if we were stuck with what we originally started, it would not represent what was actually in the can or bottle at this point. So it started as a as a Kentucky Common Ale, and it's kind of warped into a hybrid Kentucky Common Lager type thing. So we kind of drop the Kentucky Common style from the name. We call it an Amber Lager. That's inspired by a Kentucky Common. So like 
you know, if that, for instance, would made it a big difference. Um, a lot of the beers we use to have Brett, and those pose a whole different set of quality issues, especially when they start going in cans or bottles. So not having that also let us kind of feel through those slowly uh, without causing any potential issues where we might have to recall, you know, 600 cases of, of chronology or whatever the case may be. So it's been good. Yeah, and I would say uh, I think you really cut your teeth with draft. Um, I, I could go in and I could sell package placement with my eyes closed, but selling uh, selling draft and especially with some unfamiliar styles uh, definitely poses a much greater challenge. So the fact that we've made those inroads being draft only without that package supported, I think just kind of goes to show like how we've grown and what we've done um, along with our distributor our distributor Cavalier um, to just really grow the brand and it's, it's only going to make it kind of pop once we do add that package piece to it. Uh, we get a, I mean we get to touch far more consumers through draft than we ever do for package as far as a kind of face to face you know we do tap takeovers and other beer events, festivals, things like that and we're talking to the, uh, the bar staff, we're talking to the bar managers pretty much every time we sell a keg in. Um, until we are in a permanent placement. So they speak to our beer better than just your, no offense to Marathon, because they actually do the best out of all the gas stations with craft beer. But then you're just, uh, you know, Marathon owner who's going to put the product on the shelf and then whoever comes and buys it comes and buys it. It, it is, it is yeah, you know, at first when we started realizing this, like you don't, I never thought about it at least, but like all those beer magazines, like Draft Mag, Beer Advocate, all of those different ones, they don't talk about or put any beers in there that aren't in any type of package. So if you're draft only like That's us, good point. You, you don't you don't get in those. Things. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So like we never realized that either, and then all of a sudden you know we're seeing month after month like it started really sinking in. Like oh, you really have to be in package if you want to start touching these national publications and getting noticed in syndication and all that type of stuff on that level. So draft only, you're so local and regionalized. Um, because you you know you only have those couple points of contact with your consumers that you know someone who's writing magazines out in San Diego they can't get your product right right unless they come and drink here and, and they're not necessarily going to do that with you guys did get a good shout out in craft beer and brewing magazine because of the space and that you know it was a little different kind of article it wasn't as much about the beer um, but you know, it, it can happen. It just depends on... Well, and that's how we got lucky with GQ also, with Finn. That's, yeah, that's right. So one of the GQ. writers just happened to be passing through, stopped at our place, tried it, loved it so much, he's like, I'm putting this in. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we got lucky there, but, you know, that doesn't always happen. It's Yeah, and what Brett was alluding to is the November issue, GQ does their 50 Tastiest Things Eat and Drink right now, and they do that every November. They were uh, going with six different beers. And uh, we were one of the six with Boulevard, Westbrook, Off wow. Color, yeah. uh, Bear Republic, and uh, Dogfish. Dogfish Head. Yeah. So I mean, really, really that's, awesome breweries. And that's you know that's uh, that's like uh, that's a rookie joining the All Star team, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. it? On an opening day in Cincinnati, uh, you know that kind of uh, analogy I think fits, doesn't it? Who was it? that hockey player that just got voted in as a lark? Uh, oh, oh yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah. I read the whole article about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 pretty cool. Uh, listen, now we've got uh, another fifteen twenty minutes with the guys, and uh, we will be right back uh, here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi fans, I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pastura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. How this facility all came about here was I had been looking for places in the banks, which is were adjacent to the banks, by about five feet. Right, and, uh, about and, a block north, or half uh, of, no, five feet north. I actually, guess. that uh, little face right, right okay, out yeah. that door right there <laughs> is the banks. Right. And uh, uh, I was reading, uh, uh, I, 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 I was introduced to uh, an RFP uh, request for proposal that uh, was looking for uh, a restaurant to be built in, in River, Cincinnati Riverfront Park. And uh, someone pointed me to the RFP, and they said... Uh, you know, it's going to be located between two stadiums, unobstructed views to the riverfront, right next to Great American Ballpark. You know, would you be interested? <laughs> I said, yeah, well, when's the proposal due? And this was on a Friday at 4 o'clock, and they said, well, Monday at 4 o'clock. Wow. So uh, that weekend, I went to uh, uh, one of my uh, uh, friends who happens to be an investment banker, and uh, we looked at the RFP, and it said, you know, you had to be a restaurant operator. Well, I, right. I'd never, I, I don't even think I operated a hot dog stand my whole <laughs> life. And uh, so he said, geez, you got a couple of things here. It's like, uh, you know, you, you had to, you had to have a liquid net worth of like four million dollars, and I didn't have that at the time right, either. Right. But I had a lot of friends who had money, and uh, you had to be a restaurant operator. Bottom line was. Uh, uh, I put a proposal together. Um, I did get a restaurant operator over the weekend, and I had a buddy of mine uh, put the money up, and off we went, and, you know, we won the proposal. You have nice friends. Investment <laughs> 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 bankers, restaurant owners. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, everybody that was involved in it originally, uh, they were all like, we don't want to own a restaurant. We do not right, want to own right, a restaurant. Right. It's like, you know, and we don't. We, we love you. But, you know, and, and we love the location, but, you know, this is your baby, man. We're just doing it because we want to make this happen for you uh, and everything. And uh, that, that's that's a true story. Sorry about that, folks. That was a little bit long, but that was uh, Greg Hardman at uh, Moorline Lager House that, uh, that we had a few months ago uh, talking about how they got involved down there. And, of course, figured I'd give them a shout-out since it's opening day and everybody's, uh, everybody's down there hanging around and, and partying with the Reds and stuff like that. Um, the illustrious Bob and Tom are down there. Yes, they were down there this morning. Yes, yes. Uh, um, uh, almost, we almost were in that in that space. I guess <laughs> when we when we did our show, it was shit too under. cold for us. It was too there. cold for us what, out did there. Bob and Tom bit. bump you guys or what? <laughs> <laughs> um, we bumped them till opening <laughs> day. What do you guys What do you guys want everybody to know out there about Urban Artifact that they may not know or that they may not understand or that they may not be, you know, privy to or that maybe us bloggers haven't been getting it across the right way or. Anything like that? Or? I mean, I would say that every beer we make is not sour. So <laughs> okay. I, I like to tell people we do wild beers. So 
Every beer is hit with a non-standard microorganism. So whether that be lactobacillus, which creates those acids or that sourness, um, or brisanomyces that Fred has talked about, which is considered a wild yeast that creates cool, funky flavors, like anything from uh, tropical fruits to barnyard, depending on the strain. So people have this preconceived notion because when we first opened up, all we had were the, you know, modified sour mash beers. And uh, we didn't have some of the rep beers. They just take longer to process. So they came out a little bit afterwards, and some of the stuff just needed a little bit of tweaking like we've, we've talked about. And um, so some people have written us off that early. Um, and it, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy. You wouldn't write off um, any other business just with the first time if when they first opened. So just, just to come give us another try um, if, you, if you've had. And I bet you that there's definitely going to be something on the menu like, if not multiple things. Oh, I mean, I'm telling you, this, this, this phrenology – it's an IPA. There's nothing. There's nothing far afield about it. It it, it, it tastes great. It's got a little bit different character uh, than your standardly, I guess your standard uh, uh, fermented IPA. But it's it's nothing that's gonna you know. It's not gonna make your tongue fall out or like that. You know. I mean, it's really good. It's a damn. It's a damn solid beer. Oh, yeah. And I know it's one through looking through the groups and so forth. Uh, you know, it's one of the ones that you guys have had a lot of good response to. Uh, oh, yeah, it's so, been, yeah. been great response. And the, the beauty of that, too, is um, the way we brew it and the wild yeast we use and when we use it, um, it doesn't really get too funky like that barnyard note. We really push the more of the tropical. So we just tapped batch two, so it's super fresh right now, really hot forward, just a hint of the Brett character. But as, like, batch one ended, like, this weekend, it was like pineapple city. It was pretty, mm. it was awesome. And that all just comes from the yeast. Mm -hmm. So over the next couple months, while we have phrenology on tap, this batch two, you'll slowly start to see a change. So it's, it's really fun to it's, watch it's, that It's amazing too, that, that, that it, it, it changes like that. I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away. And I, I mean, I'm not a beer, you know, I talk about beer. We talk about beer all the time. We drink it a lot. I'm not necessarily an expert. I don't think I'm in the, in the neighborhood, for instance, as Nome is as far as uh, refined taste or anything like that. But it's just amazing <laughs> to me that you guys, refined well, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that something like that can change and it's still accepted. I mean, that's just, I think it's, I think that's pretty cool that, that you guys have tapped into that kind of thing so oh it's a lot of fun and it's not sour either so contrary to what you might have read on untapped it is not a sour ipa it is always fun to read those reviews so thought it was going to be a sour ipa not bad for a sour ipa and then give it you know four <laughs> stars or whatever so what is a sour ipa i mean, Perception I, I mean it's, you know it either yeah. is it, it's either an ipa really or it's not isn't it i mean it you know i i don't get yeah, I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense to me either. That We're going to name a beer eventually after Josh and just make it all the most offensive things. So extremely bitter, <laughs> super sour, just really unpleasant. Spicy. <laughs> yeah. Spicy, off, uh, off flavors. No, you guys would, no, you guys would never put anything out like that, I know. Um, um, awesome, gentlemen. I mean, and again, congratulations. And again, let's talk about what's going to happen on the, it's the 23rd right of april so let's talk again about what's going to happen on the 23rd and what you guys have in store for the beer drinking public of greater cincinnati so we'll have a lot going on that day so starting at noon we'll have live music the entire day um we'll open up we'll have the first we'll have the stein beer on tap for the stein club members we'll have the anniversary ale perpetuum on tap for the stein club members and then we'll start tapping every hour a special beer whether it's a guest beer or the cellared beers that we have. So we'll be rolling that out through the day. 
And then into the night, we'll start uh, really getting heavy with more shows. Uh, there may or may not be some shows going on um, outside and or upstairs, which would technically be separate event, but um, more details to follow. We'll have a lot of outside stuff going on. Uh, they'll have an outside bar, we'll have the fire going. It's gonna be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of beer. Food will be yeah. here, of course, as well. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, our food option will be in full swing, and then we'll also have uh, at least one food truck, if not two. Uh, station outside to help with um, what we expect to be a very well well attended day. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Really excited. Sounds awesome. Keep an eye on the uh, it's Urban Artifact on Facebook, correct? Yes. And uh, www.urbanartifact.com. Artifactbeer.com. Artifactbeer.com. Jeez, you think I you think I'd know that? You guys are at what on Twitter? At Artifact at Beer. At Artifact Beer. So you will be uh, you will be throwing that out uh, stuff out on on Twitter and on oh, Facebook. Yeah, we'll be blowing it through all the, the social media channels. Cool, excellent, gentlemen. We certainly appreciate you inviting us to your lovely space. We thank you very much for joining us, and we know you guys have got some meetings and a couple other things to do. Uh, so uh, we're going to let you go. But uh, Scotty Hunter and Brett Coleman Baker from Urban Artifact, gentlemen, congratulations on a year. And anything we can ever do for you guys or anything that uh, you need from us, just let us know. We'll be happy to to come by or stop by. And we and again, let me say this: we really appreciate. You guys brought us the Otso, Otso uh, a couple of weeks ago. You, Gnome stopped in, and you guys uh, gave him a, a growler of, or a couple of bottles of it, and uh, it was really nice. We really enjoyed it, and we're really honored that you guys think enough of us to uh, to, to allow us to debut your debut your beers. And anytime we have a question, anytime we want you guys to come on, you come on. You made you made yourselves available for us early this afternoon today. And we really appreciate that. Uh, so continued success, guys. Congratulations on one year, and thanks for joining us on Cincy Brewcast. Thanks. It's been a blast. Always have fun with you guys. Scotty Hunter and Brett Coleman Baker from Urban Artifact. We will be right back with a lot more here on Cincy Brewcast right after this. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. And be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. Hi, I'm Tom Hall from Christian Wildland Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, I'm Steve Hampton with Brewery District and Over the Rhine. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, I'm Jake Rouse from Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Back here on Cincy Brewcast, uh, Mike with a gnarly gnome, and uh, gnome. We had a uh, great, uh, we had a great weekend last weekend. We were at the Braxton first anniversary party, 
and uh, just tell me your impression. I mean, let me uh, let me say first what I thought. Uh, uh, first of all, as with everything they've done over the last year, just totally first class. I mean, absolutely on point, everything. Uh, no big line uh, really at their – I came a little bit later in the day, but no big line at their uh, – you know, where they're selling the bottle stuff. Well, even, um, even at their busiest, you know, the, to get your bottles and to get a beer and things like that was never crazy. It was never, you know, the way you, you think it would be with that many people. So – Smooth. I so, so what we did is we went around with uh, a microphone and uh, talked to some people, and 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 as as Brett Coleman Baker just said, got a little weird and uh, drank a few beers, and uh, this is what it sounded like at sounded like at uh, Braxton Brewing Company over in Covington uh, a week ago Saturday uh, on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. My name is Jason. I live in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, and Braxton is one of my favorite places. We're regulars. To be honest, uh, it's a good product, great community-driven place. Uh, they support Brewhouse Bones, which is amazing. Um, they're doing everything they can within their structure to just be the best company, and I can support that. Jake Rouse, uh, the first thing, all I can say, no further words, congratulations. You know, it's hard to believe, honestly. I, I think a lot about, Evan and I had a really long conversation about this, what a year means and where we are and, and what we're doing. And it feels kind of like a happened in an instant. And, you know, we look forward to what we're doing and, and look to what next year holds. And everybody's asking, what's next, what's next, what's next? And I'm like, guys, I want to enjoy this. Like, I got I got five more hours of our one-year anniversary. I'm going to I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm going to have a couple beers with our team. We're going to kind of kick back and, and relax. But... It means a lot. I, if anything, what this outpouring of support today has shown me is that the community really believes in what we're doing. So we'll continue to make sure that we hold them to the highest regard and, and produce beer and events and all kinds of things for them. Evan Rouse, Jonathan Gandalf, boys, congratulations. Thank you, sir. I, I will be honest, I, I feel a little weird. I don't have headphones on. Uh, no, this is awesome. Thank you guys for coming out. It's, it's been an amazing day. We got amazing weather it i mean the bands the food the crowd everything's turned out great i could not be happier the beer the beer, the beer. talking to richard dubay the brewmaster of the braxton brewing company and uh congratulations we're proud of you guys listen it's, it's been a long year but it's before before we launch you know it's everything that we've done with this building and planning and designing and put everything together and this is truly, I mean, it's just amazing. I was on the roof earlier, and I look at the crowd, and it's like, it, it was kind of cool. It's very, very nice to get that reception from the people. And obviously, without them, we, there's nothing we can do. And we're here with Dave Dixon, innovation brewer at Braxton Brewing. Tell us what it means to you. I tell you, it's been, it's been amazing. The ride we've had over the last year, Evan, Richard, Jake, and Greg, uh, bringing me on as part of the brew team, uh, Innovation Brewer. Been a home brewer for over 20 years, won a few medals, and being able to actually live my dream. And then seeing the people, the way they're actually looking at our beer, the way they're loving our beer, the way they're excited about our beer, it's just been absolutely amazing. Folks, you know, if it's a big brewing event in Cincinnati, you're gonna find Lisa Graham and Brewhouse Dogbones Congratulations on everything you've been doing with the program. You were honored, have been honored with the first trophy grant. Uh, that has, that just has to be an amazing, uh, amazing experience. Well, I, I have to tell you, it was pretty overwhelming. So I thought I was in trouble. 
they, yeah. They called me down to the office, and I'm sitting across from Jake and Evan and Tina and Jonathan Gandalf. You know, they said, Lisa, we need to talk to you. You know, when's the earliest you can get in here? And I, and I was like, oh, heck. Oh, heck. Somebody, I know. Somebody got a bad dog treat. Like, I'm in trouble. But actually, I got here, and I was completely overwhelmed. They said they wanted me to to be the first recipient. And I have to tell you that I cannot say enough good things about these Braxton folks. They, they are amazing. They've been incredibly supportive of our program. And and I'm so sorry my voice is given out, but I've been talking all day. I've been talking all day. But um, it was honestly one of the best days of my life. Like, just, just to have that validation, to know that other people believe in what you're doing. You know, because I've worked really hard at this and I want it to be a good program. It's been fantastic. And, and give us a couple of ideas just about some of the stuff that's been going on lately. So, Mike, we've been working hard to, to take this to the next level. And the grant from Braxton will allow us to actually um, rent a kitchen space at Finley Market so that our all of our school groups can have an inclusive experience. And it will also allow us to have a vending booth there Every other weekend, we're gonna be there Saturday and Sunday so that all of our participants can have a chance to get out in the community, um, have, have the learning opportunity that that'll present, handle money, interact with the public. Um, so it's gonna be awesome and we're working really hard to make this as, as good a program as possible. And then of course, the community awareness is something that has not been lost on anybody uh, in the Cincinnati Craft Brewer Movement. And the fact that you guys were able to present a uh, $2,500 grant to Brewhouse Dog Bones, which is a friend of our program, as well as you guys are friends of our program. So it seems like uh, a lot of stuff has come full circle. And Lisa's just, we talked to her before, Lisa's just beside herself. She's, she's such a great human being, right? And, and the idea with Trophy is we want to identify a startup or somebody who's really taking something out of their lives to make the world a better place. And when we started talking to her, we, we, we actually had a, a very intense conversation around her vision, what she wants to do, because, I, you know, not many people know this, but the very first business I ever started was a nonprofit when I was 18. My dad told me, he said, if you're going to go to IU, I want you to start and liquidate a business to prove to me that you want to go study entrepreneurship and not study in state, which is a much less expensive education. So I started a nonprofit and I get it. I understand the challenges that nonprofits have. They don't have marketing support, right? They don't. They can't go spin up a video for their brand to tell their story because there's not immediate ROI there. For us, it's like, let's make that a part of the grant. So yeah, the grant was $2,500, but I, we looked at it and we're like, look, I feel like so many people love your dog treats, but what they don't necessarily know is they don't know the story behind who's making them. Would you be interested in doing a video? And her immediate response was, I've been trying to do a video for so long, but we don't have the budget, so we just did it. And I can tell you that video means more to me than anything. I. I the day we sat down with Lisa Graham to tell her about that grant is the single best day I've had at this brewery. I'm happy. Are you happy? Yeah, I mean, I think what we did with Brewhouse Dog Bones earlier today is defining what we want to be um, on a small scale, and we'll use that as a catapult to do even bigger and cooler things from there. When you think about Braxton, you think about community, you think about family. They're my extended family. We've got Gigabit Ethernet here. Come down, bring all your friends, and kick it on the computer, have a coffee or a beer, 
And I come down here a couple times a month just to do that. It's awesome that all the different breweries around here can have the relationship and you don't have to pledge your allegiance to one place. Jesse Bogue from <laughs> late of WCPO. What, what is the title again? The media? The marketing and events director for Christian Moreline Brewing Company. It's just been really awesome to see Braxton grow. Uh, just seeing it from when the, this was just an empty shell of a building to you know getting the, getting their first like brew house in, seeing all the permitters come in, seeing the the canning line come in, all the things that they've done in the tap room. One of my favorite moments was when they brought in the goats. Like who who would have thought of doing that? That was such a such a great uh, event, and uh, you know, and, uh, I think the other thing is just seeing like their art and their branding continue to grow. Like they're they're a true success story. And, I like to see how they're giving back to uh, the community, like with what they're doing with Trophy. Like, I think brewers need to take uh, take a note from that and to do more philanthropy and can kind of continue that tradition. Queen City Fresh, Chris Stevens. Chris, uh, you look you look at this situation here, and it's just got to be amazing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Tillers fan, yeah. huge Red, Running Blue fan, and to see them be able to pull those two bands into this day, yeah. and now on top of that, you have. Buffalo Wild with the Price Hill Hustle, Mother Folks on now. I'm a beer fan, but I'm a music fan first, and so to me, this could get any better. See, I mean, honestly, I don't think there's more polished brewery in the in the city. You know, they from the marketing, from the beers, it just it's just on point all the way through. I mean, I've been I've been lucky to have a relationship with Jake uh, and see what he does. Every day, and Jonathan, I'm I'm just blown away by it. It's a great addition to Northern Kentucky. Uh, where do you think they go from here, Braxton? They're gonna take over Kentucky. I think that's a, I think it's another plan. I don't know. I, uh, it was hard to imagine that they keep 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 getting better. You know, now they got the blenders. They got some more styles coming out. They have this great event they have here. They have the dark charge event. I don't know. I just uh, I think Kentucky is very fortunate to have a great brand, a great brewery in here, and then uh, we'll see. We never you never know craft beer. It could change on dime, but. I'm just so happy for what they're doing. I think it's going to be great for Northern Kentucky and Kentucky, the whole state of Kentucky. It's overwhelming to see the response and the amount of people that have come out today. I, I, I want to thank each and every person that has come out today. It's just been simply amazing. I tell you, it's it, it's a dream come true. Every home brewer, I think, has a dream to become or, or, or be part of a professional brewery. And I can't tell you how humbling it is to be asked to be part of, of, of such a great operation. Uh, like I said, the Rouse family has been nothing but amazing. Um, and then to actually sit here and, and, and work with the recipes with Mike Rezinkowski, uh, you know, John Kobe comes down here and, and he, he's amazingly helping me out when we're doing some of the test batching. Uh, it's when you, you, you do the test batching and then you see it then go to the big system and then you see it go to the public. It is simply amazing, and, and it's um, gosh, I just it's it's overwhelming because when you know when you something that you used to brew on a homebrew rig, now you're brewing it on a pilot rig, and then you see it brewed on the 606, you know, the, our big system, and then people pour it, and then people line up to get it. It's just it's it, it's overwhelming. It's it, it's the it's the one of the best feelings in the world. Exciting ride. I can't wait. I can't wait for beer too. It's. I, I, put it this way, I'm very excited and I got a lot of plans. This is not my first time. Old hat for me. I'm drinking the Berliner Weiss. My name's Stacy. We're from Cincinnati. What do you think of the beer? The beer is excellent. Yeah, what are you drinking? Storm right now. Have you tried anything else? Yes, uh, the Dortmunder. Whatever that's 
twisted bit. And I had the red one and blue, uh, the red IPA. That was good stuff. And let's get real, it's some good beer. I'm drinking the cream ale. Crankshaft IPA is delicious. Crankshaft. This place is awesome. Great beer, too. Perfect. I mean, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better beer. You know, I, I think this, days like today, you know, validate what we thought before we ever opened was that Covington, Northern Kentucky was ready for something like this. I think a lot of people considered that a risk. Uh, we did our homework and we didn't. Um, and it's paid off tenfold. This community has accepted us with open arms and um, it's been it's been a lot of fun to see events like this come together. You know, we're hitting milestones that we set four or five years down the road. So it's, it's moving fast. It's, um, it's making sure we're growing and doing things well while moving way faster than we ever anticipated. And so far, so good. I think we're pushing the envelope on that a little bit, um, but we're gonna keep doing it until we uh, feel like we're doing something that's not right. And I trust you guys will let us know when we, when we do that. I wouldn't say we're the smartest. We do try hard though. I think people kind of like, like it. We, from day one, built this company on a team of people that were overqualified for every role that they're in. And we looked at them and we said, Here's the vision, here's where we wanna go. Are you on board to make this an amazing place, an amazing thing, not just a brewery, but more of a place where you can do other things and meet people and, and be in you know community action place. And uh, every single person on this team is that. They are overqualified. They are the reason that we are this way. From bar staff, to brewers, to marketing talent, to finance talent, to everyone. I mean, it's, it's the team that we built and every day going to work with, with something to brew. I will ask, where, where is Tina? Because I do believe our 20 tap lineup right now has 20 different beers on it. So I would love to just, can we take a lot of man love going on here. It's a really crazy party. <laughs> I'm a little drunk. <laughs> I love the Gnarly Gnome and I love Cincy Brewcast. The single best day I've had at this brewery. Some of the sounds from the first anniversary party over at Braxton uh, Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. They have been really fantastic friends to us. Uh, we cannot, uh, I cannot state uh, with, with more certainty uh, that, that their success, and we're also here again at Urban Artifact. Uh, we just got done talking to Brett. Their success uh, and, and to a lesser extent, because we haven't talked to them until today, uh, Taft's Ale House. Our success is tied in with all of those, uh, with all of those businesses, I think. Uh, we started around the same time. It's so fortunate to, to have friends of the show like Urban Artifact and like Braxton. And it was an honor and a privilege to be over there last week uh, and to be able to spend part of the day with them. What I thought was funny was that, you know, when I first started talking to them about their, their anniversary party, you know, I say, you know, what, what's, what is this party going to be like? And he said, you know, it's, it's going to be something completely different than the, than the block party was. The block party was about the community. It was about, you know, the everything else. You know, this is a party that's for us. It's about us. This is the things we love and the things we want. And, and then you get there to this party, and it's very much still about the community and about, you know, the trophy grant and giving back. And, like, it's you kind of take a step back, and you're like, well, I guess, you know, that kind of – is them that is Braxton you know to a T and it's it's nice to see that even I, I unintentionally I think they capture that even when they're trying to be a little selfish about things so it's um 
it, it's it was fun. It was. And again, again, a first class uh, operation. And look, let me let, let me t- let me say this real quick too. Uh, I had some te- technical difficulties, uh, as you know that that is our middle name sometimes here at NC Brewcast. And we did not have. I, we, I spoke to Greg Rouse. I did have some stuff that I had hoped to record with him, and unfortunately, uh, we did not have enough room on our. We, we our, trimmed a lot down, too, so, with everything else. We it, tried to kind of keep it as concise yeah. as possible to give you a feel for what the yeah. event was like. And uh, just really cool. And, again, not a lot of standing in line, not a lot of waiting for beers, not a lot of they had, you know, they had it really saturated yeah. with, with, with beer, uh, with, you know, with, with beer with beer stands and trucks and, and of course, what was going on inside. And uh, as, you heard in the, as, you, as you heard in the package there, uh, Lisa Graham from Brewhouse Dog Bones was presented with their first trophy grant, $2,500. Uh, and they're going to use that to uh, expand their uh, the exposure of their young people to professional kitchens through using uh, one of the uh, incubator kitchens at uh, Finley Market uh, that they're going to use uh, every other week for uh, every like other that, week, yeah. week uh, both, both Saturday, and, Saturday Sunday. and Sunday. Uh, and so the, the promotional video that, that Braxton did for her that's I right. think is going to... Um, help kind of push that that story out to more people that that may see the bones at different breweries but not really know what it's all about so well we wanted to uh, make sure that we we, we we were able to celebrate a little bit and talk with the, the guys here at urban artifact about their first anniversary you heard some of the sounds uh from the first anniversary party at braxton brewing and when we come back here on cincy brewcast uh, i was able to sit down with a one-on-one interview this morning uh with uh, uh with uh, uh Kevin Moreland of uh, Taft's Ale House about their first anniversary, which is taking place today, Cincinnati, uh, April 4th, opening day. And so uh, we've got that interview coming up right here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hey, hi, this is Peanut from 8-Ball Brewing in Bellevue slash Newport. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, this is Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Mike Cisneros and the Gnarly Gnome back here on location at Urban Artifact Brewing. In fact, I did not even, gosh, you know, I'm terrible at you are listening to Cincy Brewcast on location. 
<laughs> now they know. Yeah, now they know. Uh, at Urban Artifact Brewing in Northside, uh, we just got done uh, about uh, 15 minutes ago talking to um, talking to uh, Brett Coleman Baker and Scotty Hunter from Urban Artifact and uh, their plans for their first anniversary party on the 23rd of April. Make sure you go to uh, artifactbeer.com. Uh, follow Ar- Ar- at Artifact Beer on uh, Twitter and uh, Urban Artifact Facebook page. And, of course, anything you ever want to know, uh, Gnarly Gnome will be uh, play- putting it on the uh, gnarlygnome.com. Anything and you want to know and to, a little bit more. Yeah, and also linking to uh, cincybrewcast.com. And they're just coming up in the next couple of weeks, uh, next uh, Monday night, uh, back in the friendly confines of the studio, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time uh, on Periscope. We're going to be joined by Cincy Beer Quiz. And uh, they're... Oddly enough, at Braxton on uh, April 27th, they will be uh, doing their inaugural Cincy Beer Quiz. And so they're going to join us next week and kind of promote that event. And uh, we're going to play the game and we're going to talk about, uh, uh, you know, what what made them interested in getting together a, 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 a specific trivia Beer specific trivia. I think it's brilliant program, and uh, we'll also drink a couple beers but with I'm, them and I'm see a little what, bit of a geek. So. See see what's up with them, and then. The following week, April 16th, so honored. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. We're going to go to Fibonacci Brewing in, uh, in Mount Healthy. And Urban Artifacts doing a collaboration with him. He just mentioned it on the program earlier, and maybe, who knows, we might be able to sneak in yeah. a little uh, through Fibonacci, uh, yeah. sneak in on that beer a little bit. So, we'll and get just some see, info for sure. see what's going on with uh, Bob and Betty Bolas over there. Um, what is the address? Is that is that Compton it's on Road? Compton yeah, Road. Over I don't on Compton know the exact Road in uh, in uh, in Mount Healthy. Um, this morning, finally, after many attempts and <laughs> many emails and, and uh, meeting meeting him even a couple of times pers- in person and so forth at different events and things, and, and saying you got to come on the show, you got to come on the show, and finally this morning. In the midst of probably their busiest day of the year at Taft's Ale House, Kevin Moreland uh, had about 15, 20 minutes to sit down and talk to me um, about Taft's Ale House, about what's going on over there. And, uh, you know, um, again, they're, on, they're, you know, they're on all these lists, you know, along with Urban Artifact and Braxton, best new bar, best new craft beer bar. Uh, you know, the church building article again, you know, we, we kind of hate to be, beat a dead horse, but, you know, th- I think that's a pretty awesome, you know, awesome honor, you know, and, and, and just really as becoming one of the real focal points of downtown or over the Rhine, absolutely incredible space, beautiful building. Uh, the, the food there is incredible, the, too. The, the food is, you know, and again... <laughs> I'm a food guy. We didn't even talk about the food, you know, just like just like 50 West last week. Uh, but I sat down and talked to Kevin, get some perspective on their first anniversary and what they've been doing. And uh, so here it is right here on uh, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi again, everybody. Mike Cicero is back here on Cincy Brewcast and so honored and, and proud to be joined uh, by the man who is the man behind uh, Taft Sale House, Kevin Moreland. And, Kevin, we were at uh, Braxton uh, a week ago Saturday, you know, helping those guys and celebrating with those guys. And the only thing I could think of to say to them, I'll say to you, and that is congratulations. It's phenomenal. Well, Mike, thank you so <laughs> much. Uh, thanks for coming out. I know uh, 
you've been trying to get me for some time. Yeah. It's, it's been a challenge, uh, to say the least. Uh, it's a big overtaking for me, and but it's it's what I love to do, and I have a great team. I got great partners involved, so. Uh, good to be on uh, on the brewcast with you. And we're here on the morning, actually, of your first anniversary. You opened on opening day, 2015, uh, April April 4th or 5th. I can't, the, the it was day, actually the, April 6th. Yeah, yeah the date yeah. escapes me. I, yeah. I worked the ball game. I can't remember the yeah. date. But, uh, but and here you are a year later, and so much has happened to you guys in just, in just a year's time. Uh, voted to several top you know lists of, of, of yeah. the top bars the top craft beer yeah. places even a even a list of six great uh breweries that are in churches yeah. when it used to be church buildings yeah. um what you know what does that recognition mean i mean there's a lot of recognition that's that's happened with you guys this year no i'm very humbled uh i think it's due to uh I, it all boils down to one thing. We have a great team. I have a great brew staff. I have great uh, partners uh, with a vision to, you know, put Cincinnati on the map for craft beer. That's been my goal since I got involved in the craft beer industry, uh, you know, back in the early to late, you know, 1990s. Um, uh, you know, how can I say it? I know a lot of us are big fans of craft beer. I, I mean, I love craft beer. I mean, I love this industry. Um, and... To see what's happening here in Cincinnati, we are going to get back to our roots. Uh, you know, uh, you know, my goal is to hopefully when we're in Colorado and we're drinking a beer, Mike, together in some bar, we're talking about how great Cincinnati beer is, and we got to get back there to get it. And um, I think that's the goal. That's why you know we're so great friends at the other breweries. We're we're good. We're we, we we collaborate together, but we always talk about issues together. If we can make our beer better. That's going to help us all. I know you hosted, uh, th there have been some issues with the city, uh, with the municipal sewer district, and I know you've hosted mm -hmm. a lot of the other Cincinnati address, you know, craft brewers here at Taft's yeah. uh, to, for, for meetings with the politicians, with the mayor, and so forth mm -hmm. and so on. So that's obviously something you guys have been doing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's for further growth. You know, we, you know, like I said, I'm always looking to the future. You know, I look, I don't want to stop just with Taft's Ale House. I love what we're doing here. And, the beer and the liquids coming out fantastic and i have much bigger plans and i think it it all boils down to having the great support behind us by the city and the uh the you know the federal government and and state government so yeah i mean all those things have to align for us to be great so when when you were presented this opportunity yeah. what was your I, I may be going over old ground here but what was your first impression over the rhine on the bounce back but not especially this part not quite yet back you know to any kind of semblance of any any place anybody really wanted to go yeah i think uh i think it has to do with having great partners you know you know having two great partners that are involved in businesses other than breweries and they know business and you know i'm a brewer and um i think I think having that mentality behind you and understanding what is going to happen here and over the Rhine in the next five years, like what we're doing now is great, but wait till what happens in the next five years here. And, you know, we can look out our window behind us, Mike, and see the development right across the street. Yeah, absolutely. It, that's something we understand. And, you know, I think that as a group, we look at the streetcar being an impact in, in, in trying to get the folks to, to travel. When they travel and come to Cincinnati, they gotta have transportation, and transportation is a big, huge to successful businesses all over the United States. And 
I think that's a that's a big impact for us. So let's talk about the liquids for a yeah. minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. best part of the you know what we do this show for and the, and the reason we do it and 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 uh, you've got today opening up. You said look behind you out the window and look yeah. at development. I'm also looking yeah. at the people standing in line <laughs> getting ready for the uh, bottle release of the Wooden Tooth. Just tell us a little bit about that uh, beer. Well, yeah, you know, Old Wooden Tooth is something, you know, how do I say? I'm a, I'm a craft beer geek myself, and I love craft beer, like I said earlier, Mike. But, you know, when we first set out to have our first couple batches of beer, I said I want something special to put in the barrels. But, you know, I'm always known for, t you know, maybe even going to the next level or pushing the envelope. I wanted something, I wanted world-class liquid, and right off the bat, I said, let's do a Russian Imperial Stout, and let's compete with the big boys. Let, you know, that is a, that's a market that is very tight right now with uh, the bourbon counties of the mm -hmm. world, sure. the Hunapoos, and uh, you name it. Believe me, I've had them. And right, Dark Lord. Dark and, Lord, yeah. I've had those beers, and let me tell you, I... I want to be mentioned that when you talk about Russian Imperial Stouts, when you talk about IPAs, I want Taft's Ale House to be mentioned in those categories. And so we put out a great recipe, and um, I think aging the beer a year is done very well. We picked some top-notch barrels. We knew what we were going to do right off the bat, and, and the rest has came forth. So the gods, the liquid gods right, have helped right. us out. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I would say the, the packaging is, is unique, and... It has to be different for me. Like, look, like I said, I, I want to, I want to put great liquid out there, but also want our marketing, our brand to be different. So, sure. It, but that had that beer is special. It's our one year anniversary beer. It's aged in four roses bourbon barrels for a year, and uh, it's actually been on site here in our barrel room since the day uh, we started brewing. And yeah, so. I mean, I remember I came down here the day after you guys opened i came yeah. down here the the, the tuesday mm -hmm. uh and and kind of made a round through actually here in braxton and all at urban artifact as well mm -hmm. and and i saw those barrels and i'm like what do you guys got in those barrels yes <laughs> and, and it, was a, it was kind of a secret too yeah no and like i said like i get a little bit of slack for not telling everybody everything look i, I you're not alone no i know <laughs> when I, it comes I, to brewers yeah, you guys are some of the most close to the best people we've ever met yeah right? it's because this this industry is getting so competitive right. and even here locally, we've got sure. great brands. Ryan Geist, Madtree, Listerman, Mount Carmel, the list, Moreline, the list goes on and on and on. And everyone has to compete. This is a business. Mm -hmm. And I just have to sit back and figure out how we can gain market share. And But it's not all about business. I also want the, the hype and the branding and people to get excited about opportunities that we're trying to do with our liquid. And look... I get excited. I'm mm -hmm. excited, Mike. I can't yeah. wait to, for everyone to try this right. beer because I know how good it is. Um, and then sort of on the complete opposite end of the spectrum today, yeah. you're also releasing Second Base, yeah. which is a American um, lager. Yeah. Uh, we were at uh, we did an interview with the guys at 50 West last week. They yeah. put one together, an yeah. American lager. Yeah. And I, I looked at it, and tell me, if, tell me if I'm wrong. I looked at, I look at it almost as a... I don't know, like a graduation or just a, a sign that the craft beer industry has grown up. Because when it first started, it was about ales. It was yeah. about turning out, you know, turning out beers that you can turn out quick in a week or a couple of weeks. And now the fact that all these craft breweries have the time and the finances, so forth, to brew, to take the time to brew a lager that takes, what, four to six weeks, yeah. uh, is... is, is is a good sign to me. 
And it's something that I think the craft beer drinker really wants. Well, Mike, listen, like I said, I've been in this industry a long time, and I've learned a lot from a lot of great folks in this industry. And uh, I'm humbled to know a lot of great people in this industry. And I'll tell you, craft beer, you've got to be able to brew everything. And if you can't, you're not, you're not a quality brewer, and you're not going to be known as a quality brewery. You don't have to do lagers. But any beer that you put out, it better be right. And I will tell you, I strive every day with our team to make sure that our beer is quality every time. We don't, we don't put it out. And I love the challenge. Look, at, Listen, Second Base is probably one of the hardest beers that we've ever brewed here or I've ever brewed personally. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe what's going to happen here in this industry is you're going to see craft loggers come back to the forefront and you got to be able to compete in every segment. So I have strived since the day we started here to make quality lagers as much as our ales. And I understand, I believe that uh, the industry is going to go a little bit split and go back to lagers. And that's why I'm doing it. Um, I, I look, I'm a lager beer drinker myself, and it, it fits with the baseball theme. I love baseball. Mm-hmm. My birthday has always been around opening day. Right. And I celebrate it. We opened this place on my birthday. and. I can tell you that this is going to be a special beer. I wanted to compete in a segment that is a little bit different in our neighborhood. And, you know, hey, it's a, it's a difficult style to get right. And I want to be known as a great American lager. So, also. Been a, I've been a big fan since the very beginning of the Gavel Banger IPA. Yeah. And quite a few of the other. I really liked the um, the, the one you guys did for the streetcar. Yeah. The really, ride the rails. Really, yeah. really enjoyed that as well. Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Maverick chocolate porter, and yeah. then it's, it's, it's progeny, I guess, uh, yeah. the, uh, the liquid, uh, the liquid, liquid advent, advent yeah. for, which was really, really on point. Probably yeah. that along with the, um, I guess Esther's little secret from Warped Wing, yeah. probably the two best, uh, kind of holiday, you know, chocolate season beers that, 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 that I had this winter. Yeah, I can tell you, I think a lot of our success tends to be is, look, I know what we should be doing. I sit back I think my best benefit is I don't need to be in the brewery every day. My best benefit is to understand and have the guys understand that we got to have quality. And if I was stuck in the brewery every day, all I want to do is brew beer. And there's a lot of more, you know, steps that has to be taken sure. to make sure we got quality liquid. And so that's my step. That's my role. And I, I want the best beer that we can put out. But you know, so all I look is. What's people doing? What are people not doing? And that beer alone is surprised me. Is to me, it's one of the best chocolate beers I've ever had either. And that's that's why I want to do things different. Mike is like, look, I've had some of the best beers in the world. So look, I know we need to compete. What is there that you've done that you've been surprised that hasn't gone over? And then it sounds like that one is one that you may be surprised was as successful as it was. Well, no, I think it's gone over very well. I think if I have to say a beer that I've, um, you know, that I think that was a great beer that didn't get as much emphasis behind it just yet, because I think there's there's branding timing involved. Sure. We did a beer with uh, some candy cap mushrooms called Mount Auburn Winter, Winter Brown, and that beer was amazing there was no artificial anything flavoring that was just natural ingredients and i have never tasted beer with so much flavor impact Mm -hmm. um so i think we'll put some more emphasis behind that next year and do some things differently with that and um but uh but other than that i think mike that look we've got some great feedback on all of our beers and when you mentioned a gavel banger that's that's our beer that's my beer Mm -hmm. i mean that that thing is um 
you're gonna see some special things come out of that beer because I've never I've had some great IPAs I and I've been taught to brew IPAs by some of the best people in the United States that brew those beers and that beer has a wow factor to me the, the aroma and flavor of that beer is I agree it's something it's it's a special beer it's very tasty it, it everything that come out of here has been very good uh, what you know, I used to ask guys what they, you know, what the measure of success was for the place. You've had so much success, and I said the same thing. We when we interviewed guys Fifty West last week, Blake and Bobby. Mm -hmm. You know, but do you have a goal, or is there a is there something that that's that's you know that you want to get to that you haven't quite gotten to yet, or? Yeah, I think every everyone has to set goals every year. My goal is to by a year by year basis, and I think, you know, Mike, I. The number one goal I think every brewery has is they want to be the best. Um, you know, I don't care about being the biggest. Um, I do care about having a successful business that my my two boys can get involved in. And, sure. Uh, look, they've seen Daddy Brew uh, since uh, <laughs> since they came. Since out in the driveway or yeah, 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 yeah in it, the backyard yeah, on the on the on the yeah. uh, homebrew system. Yeah. So I can tell you, that it's still there, and they know all about it. And like, I want them to. To maybe one day be involved and hopefully we can keep this craft beer industry striving um, and I think that those are the goals I have every day to be the best to make sure that people know when we have a have a beer put out it's quality that's at the end of the day that's the best goals that I can ever put out to anyone and tell people is I want the best beer and I want the best quality of beer and, and a really quality experience here yeah. too and I don't want to get I don't, I don't want to get away from talking to you without talking about the experience a little bit we're actually talking to Kevin in the Nellie's tap room which really is my favorite space yeah. uh, here at the Taft Sale House Just intimate quiet you know uh soft chairs and so forth and so on and then you've got the bigger beer hall sort of yeah. experience upstairs uh but uh yeah to be placed on those lists of being yeah. the the best new brewery the best craft brewery the one of the best breweries in the church that's you know that's real vindic i mean that's real vindication that's yeah. real uh support there i think no it is uh look uh, I call it tiny beer time. Me and the brewery guys get together about 4 o'clock, and uh, we're always down in Nelly's sampling something or talking about what we're going to do next. And this is where we like to hang out, too. I think that I'll tell you the experience that, you know, why I, I gave some insight to my partners about how craft beer evolved in Cincinnati with, like, uh, the Main Street Brewery, um, the Brew Works facility over uh, across the river. I can say that those experiences um, have put a little emphasis on what I wanted to do here. This is way before craft beer was booming in the city. Um, you know, there was this uh, there was this 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 time of the month, like a, a a time period where Brew Works they had these three different levels and they had the Beer Geek Bar and they called it that. And you know that's. That's way before we had all this this mm -hmm. this craziness of people waiting in lines for mm -hmm. beers. Mm -hmm. I love it, but right. I can tell you that that is some of the emphasis I wanted. But I just wanted to do a better spin off of what this actual area is about. And yes, we have three different demographics. I would say there's this uh, cocktail beer geek kind of uh, cocktail lounge. Uh, Kiri Crawford, she does a great job down here. She's our mixologist. Uh, so yeah we want to focus on we want to dabble in a little bit of everything and when you get up to the beer hall setting how can i tell you the strong german roots in this city and over the rhine i wanted to feel i wanted to bring some of that feel back to the neighborhood with the german um 
uh, you know, along with my partners, we, we talked about that and a lot of the German heritage here and over the Rhine was like, how can we give that a little bit back to the city and give it back to the roots of what over the Rhine was about? So the beer hall is that. Um, and in the mezzanine, we want folks that people want to bring their family and hang out and get a little bit away from the, the chaos, I would say. And uh, that's an intimate space that has uh, great features with the bell tower room. And uh, we actually do our QA, QC uh, test every other Friday up in the bell tower room where we taste other beers and I'll taste our own beers and blind taste. So, yeah, it, it's cool, man. It, it, and to be recognized in all those uh, publications, I love it. I love it. But at the end of the day, this is a year we're getting into it, and I think the best is yet still to come. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that haven't heard about us, and that's my goal is get people when they come to town to go visit a Matry or Rheingeist or uh, Moorline or Listerman or whoever that may be, uh, that they say, oh, you know, where are you going to go get great food and uh, go get great food and great liquid? Well, come to Taft's Sale House. Right, so that's, right. That was our goal. Yeah, so have, have one of those guys say, well, you got to go down to Taft's. Yeah, 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 and, yeah and, they, so, and they've been doing it. And i yeah. got to thank everyone out there if they're listening, all the guys out there, our friends, and uh, we have a lot of good feedback at people stopping your brewery and you send them here, so we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Moreland, uh, yeah. we certainly appreciate you taking time yeah. out of your busy schedule again yeah. before before breakfast, as it yes. were, here yeah. at 8 a.m. Uh, or, yeah. or thereabouts at, at the Taft Sale House on yeah. your big first anniversary party, also mm-hmm. Cincinnati's. Uh, biggest party of the year, opening day, yeah. which the parade's going to go right out, right in front, down Race Street, right yeah, in front of the uh, right in front of the building. So, yeah. uh, congratulations to you, continued success, and thanks a lot. And again, we want to come down here. We want to sit here like this with yeah. Tina and the gnome and you and Jared Let's, and everybody, and, 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 and have a good time. Yeah, so. I'd like to get the guy, the guys in the brewery involved, and uh, you know, I got two special guys. You know, Jared. Hamilton, Patrick Woods, those guys are awesome brewers, and we're like buddies, and we understand where we want to go with this thing, so uh, we're on the same page. Well, we appreciate the time, and yeah. thank you very much for joining right. us on Cincy Brewcast. All right, Mike. Kevin Borland, thanks very much. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. So that, so that So that kind of brings us to an end to wrap it up. Um, um, Again, uh, and you heard it during the interview, uh, so impressed with what they've done down there at, at Taft's and, and the way that, the, that, that it's, it's become a um, uh, really very quickly a mainstay of the, of, the, of the community down there. A part of Over the Rhine that, you know, five years ago you wouldn't have given a plug nickel for. Yeah. And now there is so much cool going on. There's great, there's great restaurants down there. A building that was scheduled to be demolished. Yes. You know, not just that was in disrepair it was scheduled to be destroyed so it's I, that's one of those things that you kind of forget about with some of these breweries that they save things absolutely like that. and it was uh and that's they were going to do here we're here at urban artifact again uh in uh, north side and that was the same thing with this building they were going to get rid of they were going to destroy this building at some point uh if they didn't get uh, if if somebody didn't buy it and of course these guys here at urban artifact stepped in and uh and 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 came into the building turned it into a brewery turned it into a great space uh, for a lot of people in the community here uh but um again it's just a it's just a, a testament to and a a real feather in the cap of the cincinnati craft beer movement that that those kind of stories can be told uh here in cincinnati and um we, Noam and myself, Tina, who's not here, uh, who's not with us tonight, 
and also Angie and a lot of the people that have been involved with our program over the last year are so proud to be a part of just a small part to bring you just to, just to the you know the brewers in their own words and just to give us give you give you our opinions and our ideas on what we think uh, about the scene here and it's just so cool and so much more coming oh, down man. the pike yeah, I mean it's 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 just amazing and and one of the things I wanted to say real quick about Taft's again and about over the Rhine is I don't know how many people got to go to the uh, to the summer their summer festival the summer gosh I just had the had the little flyer from it last year um, the summer draft mm-hmm. that's what it was the summer draft now, I don't know how many people got to go to the summer draft last year but I was able to go and it was held in an empty lot. Uh, across the street uh, on the uh, on the uh, not on the race side but on the other side of the brewery um, they're going to have to find someplace else for it because they are de- <laughs> that property is being developed yeah. even as we speak uh, luckily with, there's with, with with what I don't know but but uh, but there's there's a really nice park right down the street yeah, though, too. So. that's true I'm sure they'll probably move into down there well you got anything else anything uh, that's uh, coming up or anything that we're no, just uh, just you know these these anniversary parties that we're you know, we're right. talking about that um, very cool very cool uh, so that's it for us here at uh, Cincy Brewcast uh, for this edition. Uh, we'd like to thank the Gnarly Gnome. We'd like to thank Brett Coleman-Baker and Scotty Hunter from Urban Artifact for giving us their space today. I'd like to thank the Gnarly Gnome. Gnome. Absolutely, thegnarlygnome.com. Uh, Tina will be joining us again next week. Tina Cisneros, the queen of Cincinnati Crab Beer Commentary, as well as Angie Cisneros, our social media director and my name is Mike Cisneros we'd like to thank you for listening to Cincy Brewcast the voice of Cincy Craft